Welcome to the Brand Party Podcast. I'm your host, Christine from CL Designs. If you know me, execution and getting shit done is my middle name. This podcast will energize you to invest in your brand in new ways. Join me for tips, insights, and actions you can take to make your brand a priority in your business. My guests and I deliver honest, to-the-point advice you can implement right away. Your brand is worth celebrating. It can be fun, and I'll show you how. Let's get this party started. Jennifer Singh is a former TV reporter turned PR strategist, media coach, and entrepreneur. She has more than 15 years of experience working in the Canadian media industry as a producer, writer, and a reporter for CTV, Global, CP24, and the CBC. Jennifer founded She's Newsworthy Media to help amplify the voices of women in the media because their expertise is underrepresented. Here's Jennifer. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for joining in on the fun on the Brand Party podcast today. I'm so excited to have you on here. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Amazing. Well, we're going to dive right in. I'm going to ask you, how does Brand Party resonate with you? I mean, I feel like we really have to think about being our authentic selves, right? So I think if everything goes back to authenticity, then it feels real. It flows better. You get your message out there. You connect with people. And I think at the core of any brand should be the authenticity factor for sure. And it's not always rainbow and sunshines in that sense when we want to be our most vulnerable and authentic self. So what would you actually say to those who feel overwhelmed and really scattered with their branding right now? I think the first thing that you always want to do is put your audience first. So think about the reason why you started your business. Why are you here? Why are you showing up every day? It's likely to serve another person and to make their life better, to make their life easier, to help them make more money, to help them generate leads. That's at the core of what you're doing. And this is actually a technique that you can use not only for social media, for if you're speaking to a live audience, but I find when you take the attention off of yourself and you really think about serving and how you're helping somebody else, everything else kind of just flows. You need to focus on your audience just as much as it is what you seem to be about you. They're actually coming for them. And so that's a really great segue into storytelling. It's definitely an art in itself and there's so much more that goes into it. And, you know, you have been featured personally, as well as like helping your clients be on big outlets like Global News, Toronto Star, CTV, and just helping them allow to share their authentic story as well at the forefront. And so with such big names under your belt as well, like sometimes we feel like we're not good enough or we ask ourselves why people would even want to hear our own story to begin with. So how do we get out of that imposter syndrome and really let our story shine? I think it goes back to the first point, really just really taking the focus off of yourself and knowing that you're showing up and serving, but that imposter syndrome follows us throughout our lives. And it's not something that just happens to us in business. It happens in our personal lives, maybe how we were raised, how, you know, comments that people told us from high school still stick with us like believe it or not right so it's really about conditioning your mind and refocusing on what is it that you have that you can show up and serve with 
focusing on things like gratitude. And I feel like a lot of us compare ourselves to somebody else, right? Like you always think the grass is greener on the other side, or they have that. And we always see those quotes on social media where they encourage you not to do that. And it's easy to say, okay, don't compare yourself. But how do you actually get out of that? And I think it's like, if you are in your own lane, you are your competition, right? So I think that's one part of it. And then with the imposter syndrome, I think at every stage in life, I even have imposter syndrome from time to time when it comes to pitching the media. I get nervous. I wonder, is does my voice matter? And one of the little strategies that I actually do, and I do it before any media interview that I'm doing that I know is going to be on the national platform, I either write out that my voice matters, I say some affirmations, or I keep a book, which I've been keeping since 2018, of small wins. So I track my wins every single month. And then you look at the big picture and see how far you've come. Um, and it's almost like a boost of self-confidence. Yeah, mindset is everything. And I think it's so underrated in that sense that we feel like we can just bypass all the internal work and just like show up as our most glamorous best self. (laughs) (laughs) Especially in that type of industry, I think we get all consuming Mm -hmm. of what that looks like, the the highlight reels, the shiny surface of what Mm -hmm. goes into that and the production and everything. But, you know, you've said too that it's about telling your brand story in a way that deeply connects with viewers, listeners and readers. And how can we actually ensure that we're having a compelling story and figuring out what media outlet especially is the right fit for us in our unique business because there's so many different outlets whether it's tv radio podcasting it can be very overwhelming for people to choose so what would you recommend to them so I love TV because you can control the conversation. So I always say do that first. And that's actually the one that overwhelms a lot of people, right? Because being on TV, it's a visual medium. And if you go back to the core of it, the reason why we're so nervous about being on TV is image, right? We don't like something about the way we look, or we don't like how we sound. But I love TV because you're not going to be surprised when the piece is published on what quote they used or you know i've heard so many stories with people being misquoted it's not a common practice but i feel like if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get your message out in a certain way a live tv interview is is your best bet i'm very biased when it comes to that for sure but i think it's a matter of knowing that your story is not for everybody just like when we come in the entrepreneurship world you know that your service is not for everybody so think about the media like that and there's different audiences for different shows the breakfast shows are all about lightening up your day being informative um you know sticking in some news and some facts and giving you updates We have the news programs, which are a lot of, um, unfortunately, crime or politics or uh, not unfortunately politics, but unfortunately, a lot of crime stories usually. And just knowing where you fit into that picture. Most entrepreneurs, I would say, can fit either into like a soft news model. That's where majority of my clients pitch or to breakfast shows where you can do an educational segment. So It's a little bit of homework behind the scenes, trying to figure it out. But I think one of the biggest things that I hear is that entrepreneurs want to be featured in the media, but they don't watch the media. They don't listen to the media. They don't read the media. It's like applying for a job and not doing any research on the company. So once you start researching and understanding what, you know, who, what, where, when, why, then it's easier to figure out where to position yourself best. 
Yeah, because sometimes it can feel like you're throwing spaghetti at the wall and you might, I don't know, have a template because you want to save time and just mass pitch people. But from the sounds of it, you know, there's some really great key pieces that we can kind of take away with different elements of our own story that is more compelling as well. And sometimes it's really honing in on that urgency and timeliness, because I know you had Mm -hmm. mentioned a lot about the importance of a news cycle. So what is like three tips that we can do and implement right now into our pitches that will hopefully land and convert more um, of that as well? Yeah, so I actually have a media pitch template and I pretty much lay out for everybody what it looks like. Your media pitch really needs to be less than 250 words. You need to talk more about the story than yourself and provide expert tips inside 250 words, right? So that's what your target is. The next thing I would say is really just understanding who you're pitching to. So we never really pitch to more than one, maybe two at the same time, because your story is not for everybody. So really honing in and not doing a templated pitch, making sure it's customized, right? Because when it's not customized, the media can tell, and that's the fastest way to get your pitch deleted, right? So if it's not customized, and then also the third part I think is following up. We, especially women, I would say entrepreneurs and any women in general, we don't like to follow up. We think that we're being aggressive or too assertive and that's not something that is attractable or desirable, or we're going to push away our opportunities, but there's ways to follow up tactfully and you kind of have to follow up to get results. It's not just going to magically fall into your lap. Because I know that language is extremely important in that sense too, right? And when you feel like you're walking on eggshells and not wanting to reach out to people after X amount of time, is there a certain script per se that you would recommend to people to kind of have some guidelines into maybe it's their fifth time now to reach out? Like what is that shift of language there? Well, I think first, and kind of what you mentioned, I think it's just the mindset piece. I think a lot of people, when they approach the media, the media is like on this pedestal. It feels like it's out of reach. It feels like if they pick you, that you're special. And oh my God, like, you know, I landed a media interview, which is, of course, it is amazing to land a media interview, but you just have to go into it with confidence. And I think once you have that confidence that you have a story to tell and it's important, you're not going to feel nervous following up. So when you follow up, It's really going to depend on the show. When we think about the media, working in it for so many years, the media works on different schedules. There's people that wake up at 5 a.m. If somebody's waking up at 5 a.m. to go to work all day, will you be sending your pitch to them at 3 o'clock? Probably not because they are zonked and zoned out, right, by the end of the day. Thinking about when you turn on the TV on the weekend, the people that are working on the weekend have a day off on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Are you going to send your pitch on those days? Probably not. So it's a little bit strategic. And then based on that, that's when you're going to know to follow up. Following up five times, I would say is extreme. I'll usually recommend any time, anywhere between two and four times. And it has to be relevant and it has to be newsworthy. And you have to give them a reason to do the story now. So you're not in a situation where you're following up four times. Yeah, absolutely. No, those are great ways because you definitely want it to be purpose driven and also you know, respecting people's time in that sense too. I think thinking about how is it that their lifestyle fits into this and that empathy towards it is definitely something that stands out. So what are a few ways that we can even get better about sharing more inclusive and newsworthy stories today? So inclusive marketing 
happening has definitely been something that has caught the attention of everybody, right? With recent Black Lives Matters movement getting a lot of attention in the media. And when we think of inclusivity, um, you know, it's kind of funny because I don't feel like there's any strategy per se, but it's just really showing a point of view that is not talked about in the media. So inclusivity could be having a real estate agent, for example, who's female, talking about the market. Rarely ever see that. You rarely ever see that because the industry is dominated by men and women don't normally speak about their expertise in that specific area. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that you, whoever is doing the media or interview has to be a person, let's say like a BIPOC. You can think of some clients in the past who have done interviews where they may identify as white and it's a special interview where they get to bring a guest and that guest with them, somebody who's part of their organization is BIPOC. So there's other ways that people can be an ally inside, um, you know, even something as simple as a media interview. But I think honestly, the reason why I believe my clients are so successful is because we are creating fresh stories from different angles, from stories that are not being told, from perspectives that are not being told, right? It's not the same old, same old. So that is a large part of inclusivity like what is those perspectives that we don't hear in the media what is it that nobody's talking about maybe they're talking about it in facebook groups maybe they're talking about it online but what is it that is missing from the narrative that the media is spewing out on a daily basis yeah absolutely because even with inclusive marketing and the impact that it has there it's not like a taboo thing that people feel like they need to toss into nowadays because it is such a buzzword and it's beyond that hashtag and beyond a trend like it should be something that people are more conscious of and just evolving as well and becoming more aware of and so sometimes you know especially identifying with like BPOC and stuff like this too sometimes always think about like we wish we could see more of ourselves in the media to be seen and heard properly so are there certain ways that even from an audience standpoint of how we consume content that we can kind of consider and implement into when we're consuming all like so many different types of media out there as well well i mean the media industry which is funny which this past summer came under fire a lot for the lack of inclusivity inside the newsroom so the producers the editors maybe management people who make decisions there was a lot of talk about it not being as inclusive as it could be so when we think about the back end of the media machine if the back end is not inclusive then the content and perspective they push out is not necessarily going to have like a 360 lens right so they're have been a lot of media in Canada that have come out and started talking about the changes that they're going to be making, shifts that they're going to be doing, the types of experts they're going to be having, the types of content, right? What I always say is for something like that, when you're consuming media and organizations, because think about it, media is just like any other organization, those shifts are going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. But I think that when we're consuming media or even criticizing media, it's about using our voice, speaking up, saying what we want to hear more of if we're not seeing our stories told, right? If we're not seeing our perspectives being told and if we're not, our perspectives are not being told, then that's just a perfect opportunity to pitch. That's what that is, right? We could get lost in victimizing ourselves and saying that we're a part of like a system that's oppressed, or we can just move ahead and pitch and let our voices be heard. I really love that you're seeking opportunities when it's not necessarily 
present uh, per se. So it's a really beautiful spin on it. There are a few rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, okay. Ready, ready, ready. What are you currently celebrating? I crushed it in sales this month. <laughs> mindset, 100%. 100% doing my mindset work every single day. Ooh, game changer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's the number one thing that you want people to have fun with from this episode? Just to know that like you can be your authentic self and you can show up and you don't take yourself so seriously, but you can do good work and you could show and serve up. Love it. And what is your bold legacy? My bold legacy, giving people voice, like giving voice to the voiceless and knowing that your story matters. It always has mattered and that you don't have to stay in your shell. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for taking the time to join in on the fun on the Brand Party podcast. Where can people find out more about you? I'm at newsworthy.com and at newsworthy on social media. You know, I just love connecting with entrepreneurs. One of the best ways to do that, if you wanted to hop into my DMs, I'm pretty good with answering back with a voice note, uh, now video as well. Um, you know, any questions, because sometimes the questions are random, but, you know, I like to give little tidbits of information. And then the media pitch template can be found on my website at newsworthy.com forward slash media pitch template and it's been downloaded I think almost 600 times so it's definitely something you want to get your hands on amazing thanks so much Jen thank you enjoy the brand party leave a rating and review to share the fun we've had until next time